Hello, listeners. Welcome to Not Somali Mormon Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome back. This is Sarah. And this is Katie. And we're glad to be back. So glad. Always glad to be here. (laughs) Always glad. Um, Yeah, a lot of stuff has happened this week, you guys. I feel like we have a large, like, news corner. That doesn't make any sense. We have a (laughs) lot of news to announce in our news corner. Yeah, I feel like a lot has happened. Yeah, so I mean, you guys probably saw the story that Katie did of that girl. Um, I don't even want to give her attention, really, or shout out, but yeah, let's not um, say her name, but yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, who unfortunately reported us for copyright infringement and had our the lovely episodes that Katie did, like the mini episodes, taken down, which is unfortunate. Well, she only took down one, to be fair, but we decided to take down the other two because SoundCloud likes to tell you that you have three strikes and you're out. So Mm -hmm. we just didn't want to risk it. So we had to take those down. And it was a bummer. It's really annoying. It's all about silencing us. And it's frustrating because a lot of time and effort goes into those episodes that Katie record or to any of the ones that we do. And so it's a bit like, why can't bitches just leave us alone? Yeah. It was very frustrating because... She, like I said in that story, she commented on our post on SoundCloud and then she said that we were discriminating against her religion and reported us for copyright infringement. So it just really sucks to feel like you can't even have an opinion or critique her her videos without um, consequence for us. It just, uh, yeah, it's frustrating. It's also really dumb on her part, to be quite honest, as well. Like, it's kind of like marketing 101. Like, it's good for her. It's publicity, right? Like, any publicity is good publicity. So the fact that, like, Katie was even doing these um, episodes where she's reviewing and slash criticizing them, um, it's still, you know, I'm sure many of you listeners went to her original YouTube videos to see how she was or what content she was presenting in more detail. And that just, you know, drives up her Mm -hmm. audience and engagement and so it's kind of like that was dumb of you like you should be able you know if you're gonna be in a public sphere you have to be able to deal with criticism and I know I'm saying that even though when we do get trolls I'm a bit like ah fuck you and like super annoyed and feisty (laughs) and like I'm done with this I don't want to do it anymore um but then like the next day I'm like ah whatever you know it is what it is like we signed up to be in a public sphere like we signed up be in the public you know like yeah maybe our faces aren't on YouTube videos but uh we have a podcast and so it's a bit like people are open to their opinions and some people aren't gonna like us and some people will and that's just how it works you know and we can't Mm -hmm. say every time a troll tries to like comment on us that we're gonna block them or you know take their their stuff down or report them it's just yeah I've never done that exactly none of us I just defend our yeah, I, we just defend ourselves, but we never try to silence the person from speaking about us. No, and of course, yeah. you know, I'm I'm not the first to be humbled sometimes. Like, I, I'm pretty <laughs> stubborn, so I'll be like, no, I'm right. I'm always right. And <laughs> at the same time, like, there are some times where I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's an interesting point that I hadn't considered. Let me retract what I was saying before or let me learn from that. And right. I just feel like in the this environment that they create, and it's not just Mormons, I feel like it's anyone with a very narrow perspective. It's like, 
it's your opinion or no one else's and that's why they don't change they don't learn and grow mm-hmm. and progress like exactly. if you don't fucking get called out on your shit sometimes like you're not going to learn like it's not a pleasant experience or just having people you know disagree with you or maybe say and the thing is, is like Katie I, I could see if like Katie you did this episode and you were just being horrible about her as a person as in like oh she looks so ugly or like she's just a horrible human like okay that's different you know Mm -hmm. but yeah I was trying very hard to not say anything about her personally and I think even in the episodes I tried to say I'm sure you guys are you know sweet yeah there was one time I think I said you seem like a nice person but I think the stuff you're saying is really problematic so I was trying to not attack her personally and she took it very personally And that's the thing, you know, if we're not able to have healthy conversations or pick up on, I don't don't even pick up, but just have these debates where you learn from each perspective, or maybe all that you learn is that, yeah, I'm definitely not ever going to see it your way. Um, (laughs) That's fine. But the fact of trying to like censor everything and take things down or block people just because they have a difference of opinion, it's like, uh, I don't know, I just find it really opposite of progressive in every Mm -hmm. sense of the word Mm -hmm. like it's just you're not ever going to learn and unfortunately I know a few people who are like that and I mentioned it a bit last week where it's just like you know you you see those people you haven't really hung out with in three or four years and then you hang out with them and you think like god it's so different and then you realize it's because you've grown as a person and they haven't so like it's just there yeah you just change and learn and grow and unfortunately some people just aren't capable of doing that or don't want to you know I know yeah I just wish um instead of her commenting and reporting us I wish this youtuber I would have been fine with her even criticizing us on her youtube channel you know like playing one of our podcasts and Bitch, please, I would have been it. like, yes, like, yeah, I would have much rather uh-huh I would have much rather had that than this very um yeah it's this very silencing thing that a lot of religions do and mormonism is really good at it if you say something that they don't agree with they try to shut you up and silence you and don't let your voice be heard you know and i it's really um honestly kind of terrifying and just awful that that's how it works. (laughs) Well, and it it goes back to this whole point I've been thinking about a lot lately, how, how I feel like, especially as an ex-Mormon, you're taught that like, you just don't want to talk about controversial things in front of religious people. Like, it's kind of like, okay, I'm just not going to bring up the fact that like, I'm not Mormon anymore, or that I think that these beliefs are ridiculous, or that the prophet is a sexist, you know, racist, blah, 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 or that this church is horrible. And that, I don't know, I just kind of think that we're taught just kind of let them tell us like they can talk to us about their beliefs, but we're not allowed to say anything because it would make people feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. to bring that up. And then it just kind of like, after talking to my boyfriend for a little bit about this too, just like, it's so, it's ridiculous actually. Like, and I have to put that mentality behind that if I'm going to be friends with people who don't believe the same things as I do, which is what happens in reality. Like that's a normal, (laughs) healthy thing is that you have friendships of many different beliefs and views um, is that you have to be able to express yours as well and not have this fear of making people feel uncomfortable, which I think is a lot to do with growing up Mormon of this Mm -hmm. feeling of like, 
you don't want to make people feel uncomfortable. You don't want to say anything that's not, you know, what they believe or whatever. So we're just going to keep quiet and just not say anything, which I'm also like, no, but that's bullshit. Like if, or like a good point, um, my boy made last night was kind of like, you know, it's, it's kind of ridiculous that people can claim to be feminists or to be, you know, Mm, advocates of the LGBTQ community, but yet they literally are part of a religion that is does not have those people in favor. Like, it does mm-hmm. not support them. And it would be one thing to say, like, oh, I'm a part of the Mormon church, but I don't actually believe that. But at the same time, it's still, it's not justified because you're paying. You have to pay tithing if you're worthy Mormon and you're paying tithing <laughs> to support a religion that is actively against human rights basically <laughs> like again yep. like mm-hmm. anything that you believe in so it's a bit like oh I never really thought of it that way as much you know but yeah um anyways sorry guys that's my rant I'm just a bit <laughs> like over it all and over being silent and especially because Katie sent me this video last night that made me sick to my stomach and I don't know if you guys have seen it yet but it's this yeah. like church like it was in West Virginia a Mormon church in West Virginia who was like silencing this woman who was talking about a pedophile in the church that had been like mm-hmm. harming of several children in the ward. And she's like telling it in testimony meeting. And y'all, it was the creepiest shit ever because the, they yeah. start singing. They start singing and it was so right. cult like, like it made me have like shivers down my spine. Oh, I, I'm, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking of it because oh. yeah. You guys, um, it was a new name, Noah. He recorded it. So if you go to his YouTube channel, you can see it. It is, like Sarah just said, it is chilling because she's up there and she's emotional because her child was molested and this pedophile was protected by the LDS church. And she wants to let the members know so that they can protect their children. And this poor woman is up there pouring her heart out. And the bishop gets up and asks her to stop. And she says, no, I need to tell these people. And she doesn't stop. And so, yeah, like Sarah said, the ward, the congregation just bursts out into song, like singing a hymn very loudly, trying to shut her up. And that she's there with a friend who has also had a, a child that was molested by this same person. And she gets up and starts talking as well. And they, they're being recorded by new name Noah. He's in the congregation. And did you see the part where the other woman who was recording got physically assaulted? Yes. Like, guys, you just need to watch this fucking video. Like, okay, don't watch it at night because I watched it before I went to bed and I had, like, a horrible nightmare after because it just really was terrifying. Oh, oh but I'm yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. Like, it was my choice. I was like, oh, I shouldn't watch it, but I want to watch it. I got to watch it. I'm going to watch it. And then immediately I was like, uh, like, I don't feel good in my tummy. Um, Yeah, this woman's, like, recording. And this guy, like, violently comes up behind her and is, like, grabbing her phone and, like, struggling. But it's, like, very aggressive and violent. And he pushes her. She falls over. Yeah. He, like, and pushes she's, her. she's not saying anything. She's just been sitting there very calmly recording. And uh, new name Noah. His name, his real name is Mike Norton but he was sitting behind her recording or someone was however he got this video and they so they caught all of that that's um 
that little scene on camera. And this is in a church where they claim they're worshiping Christ and being Christ-like, yet they are assaulting someone for recording this. Like, it's so scary, like Big Brother 1984. It's like, they're not allowed to record this because they don't want to admit that it ever happened. They're singing at the top of their lungs to shut up these poor women who have children who are molested. And then the ward pianist gets up there and starts playing the piano really loudly. So they can't hear these women. It is heart wrenching. Yeah. Like it's, it's it's horrifying. Like next level. I really want like the news reporters or someone to get a hold of this and show it because like, it's terrifying. You guys, it's a perfect example of how this cult is like trying to silence people who have an opinion. And it's not even like she was getting up there saying like, the church is evil and it's not true. She was literally giving information that needed to mm-hmm. be told. Like a, a person in their ward was molesting their mm-hmm. children and the church covered it up. Like what yep. in the actual fuck? Like I can't, my brain I mean, you can't guys, it wrap was around. Like, it was like 40 children got molested by this guy and the and <laughs> ward leaders, church leaders knew about it and did not report it to the police. That's how he kept getting away with it is because these ward members have been taught when they found out like the those children were getting molested, they went to the bishop instead of going to the police. And then the yeah, we'll talk more about this whole thing, like, in probably a, a, in a few episodes from now about the whole cover-up and protecting the children and all the really awful pedophilia that happened there. But it's crazy to me that that's all she was saying. And she even said at one point that she believes in Christ and yeah. stuff like that. And they're just shouting over her and trying to silence her. And it's, ugh, like, I feel like I'm going to tear up just thinking about it. Oh, I know. It just made me feel so icky. Like, it was, like... The song, like, and then there were, it showed, like, a few people leaving, and I was like, what? Like, if anything, if I were in the congregation, I would, I would like to think, even as a Mormon, I would be like, what? Like, tell me more. Like, because mm-hmm. I had nieces and nephews as well in these wards, and I would be, like, fucking outraged. Like, I would be like, what? There's someone in the ward doing this? Like, and let's be real. Like, the whole, we talked about this last episode, but the whole idea that, like, bishops have candy in their office to give the children after church like it's a bit like and I I think it's pretty safe to say that most of us have experienced some maybe not next level and I'm not trying to like dismiss what these poor children went through and saying that I've gone through same things is not the case at all but just like feeling uncomfortable with these grown-ass men as a child like forcing to like hug them or like you know sit in their office and talk to them about stuff like I feel like it's quite common and it's just not addressed because it's like oh but they're priesthood leaders like they're righteous so it's fine Mm -hmm. like you know yeah and that gets so dangerous because yeah you're yeah you're giving these guys this power and this trust which granted some of them probably a good chunk of them are are doing a good job and are really trying their hardest but the thing is is that you don't know you you don't know how to discern which ones are and which ones aren't and that's how the abuse can happen and so then when someone brings it up just uh, no one wants to listen to her exactly yeah. and you know I'm sure like in the video the bishop I, I'm assuming it's the bishop someone in the bishop brick at least mm-hmm. was trying to get her to like you know not talk about it there and I'm sure he's he's probably a great guy he's just also brainwashed into thinking like 
you know, we're not, we shouldn't publicize this. Like, you know, we'll cover it up. Blah, blah. I'm, I'm sure they thought they were doing the right thing, but that's the mm-hmm. issue is that people right. aren't, they aren't questioning it and they aren't standing up and pushing back saying, actually, no, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. So it just continues to go under the radar. And when people do try to speak up against it, you have like this ridiculous, like I laugh because it's like, it's really horrible. And it's like, I, the thought that I ever, the thought that people even consider the Mormon church or they defend it as not being a cult, which I did as a Mormon, I always was like, no, it's not a cult. What are you talking about? When you watch this video, it's like so clear that it's a cult. Like it is <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, you know? mm-hmm. it really is. Um, on that note of cult, that just reminded me, I wanted to say one more thing about that girl who um, got our got our episodes taken down because she oh. did mention that word cult. Um, really? So you guys, she so like I told Sarah right before we started recording, she made a YouTube video about us. Well, about me because she she didn't listen to enough episodes to know that it is Sarah and my podcast because she only listened to the mini episodes I made about her what just responding bitch. to her right and she um so she made this YouTube video that just came out yesterday that um said that I was an anti-Mormon troll and that I was terribly mean and that I attacked her personally and that she said what people are so mean when they use the word cult and um, just all these different things. She said that I was dragging her through the mud and basically made me out to be a very scary villain. Because you guys, if you know me, I am so scary. I am so mean. <laughs> I literally just want to say like, if, if, okay, guys, it's not even the fact that Katie and I are friends. It's just like, she is the nicest human being ever. So the oh. fact that this person could even say she's like nasty and attacking her and being a troll and blah, blah, blah. It's like outrageous. I mean, if she were to say that about me, touche. But like no. with Katie, it's like, uh, really? Like you're playing the I victim mean, card real, real good. I right I get it. She didn't like what I said about her views and her beliefs. I get it. But um, one positive, well, a couple positive things happened. I think like so. It sucks that she got our content taken down. But you guys, in this new video of hers, like, don't go watch it because I don't want her to get more views. But I'll tell you, I watched it because you know I need to know what she said about me, and um, she apologized for because I don't know if you listened to the episodes before they were taken down but in one of them she um said basically that being gay was like being a murderer or an alcoholic it was something that you struggled with so she apologized for saying that and said that she didn't mean it that way and it came out horribly and she also said that she was not going to comment anymore on gay rights because she said it and I oh this was so great she said I I honestly don't know what I think about it anymore because that's a hard thing for me to believe in the church and she I could tell there was some doubt on her face about Mm -hmm. listening to the leaders and she knew it was homophobic and she apologized for it so I think that is wonderful I think Um, that's great I think that's a win for everyone you know 
Mm-hmm. So just wanted to, yeah, let everyone know that I think even though she got the, our episodes taken down, I think they did some good. Oh, and I'm going to be putting the episodes back up, I think, on our Patreon account so that the patrons can have them there to listen to. Because I think that's a safe place to put them because the patrons aren't going to report us or care. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, if one of you guys report us, we have some things to chat about. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. We may not know what you're supporting <laughs> if you report us. Um, but speaking of that, we do want to give a shout out to our Patreons because they're amazing and we're really grateful for the support that you guys um, give us each month. It's really lovely. And sorry, we've been a bit shit and behind on doing this, but we, we do really, really appreciate it. And we want to give you guys a shout out. Yes, I'm going to read our patrons' names. I'm just going to say your first name, so to keep your privacy. But all you girls, you're all you're all our ladies. So we have Andrea. Hey, Andrea. Hey. Hi. <laughs> Christina. I think Christina was our very first. And patron. she is, I'm going to give her a little connection. Christina is friends with my friend, Kaylin, who we attempted to have her on an episode once, but it was the epic fail with Skype and tech <laughs> issues. But um, yeah, shout we got out to Christina, on. who's really sweet and lovely, and for Kaylin, like, suggesting the podcast and, yeah, yeah. their support. Um, we got Erica. Hi, Erica. Ooh, hey, Erica. Catherine. Catherine. <laughs> I think the – I'm not 100% sure, but I think Catherine and Erica also follow me on my personal Instagram, and they're always the ones to like things. And I'm like, oh, thanks. So freaking supportive, right? I, I love know. it. And Linda. 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 Hi, Linda. Hey. Uh, so, yeah, we love you all. And I wanted to say we're getting some content, more content up on the um, Patreon account. So – this week, I'm going to be uploading. I recorded a mini-sode specifically for the patrons, and I got real personal, you guys, because I don't know if you know this, but, like, we get personal on the podcast, but I talk about, uh, it's about my Mormon, my ex-Mormon, my Mormon ex-boyfriend. There you go. Oh, that's my God. The guys, one that you, that's like, you knew, Sarah. Yeah. It's quite a treat. Like, listen, patrons, and, you know... Everyone else who loves us and wants to support us, that would be amazing. You could also sign up, and we would love you. And then you would get to hear more about Katie being personal. Because we know I'm pretty open on the podcast um, already. So basically, there's no surprise for me. But I think it's a it's obviously a treat if um, Katie records oh. a bit more personal. And we can, so. we can get some more down and dirty details about you out there, yeah. too. So. I'll tell you anything you ask. So <laughs> kind of an issue. Um, but anyways, yeah, thanks. Thanks for the love and support. And even for those who aren't patrons, just thank you again for, you know, liking and sending us messages and and even. Oh, so speaking of. So for this episode, which I'm sure people join back in, those who skip our <laughs> like rants for 20 minutes at the beginning. Come back. Come back. We're getting back on topic. Um, so the episode today, Katie and I, we well, basically Katie, she did a, a story asking for people to send in their patriarchal blessings and. Because um, we wanted to see how much of a scam it is, basically. It's, like, <laughs> the most ridiculous thing. And I love that everyone kept comparing it to that game. What is it? Mad Lib? Or Mad? Oh, uh-huh. Mad Libs, yeah. Mad Lib, which I thought was hilarious. Because I love watching that on The Late Show with Jimmy Fallon. 
Or oh, yeah. Tonight Show, not The Late Show. Tonight Show. When he does it with celebs. And I, yeah. like, rack up. And when you guys, when you made that comparison, because several of you did, I was just like, oh, my God, it's true. It's so they have, true. like, just, like, a standard. And it's so obvious, like, when you read through them, that that's what it is. And then mm-hmm. they just fill in things based on what you told them before, which right. is, so, yeah. So anyway, so thank you for those who sent us um, your patriarchal blessings, which I'm going to give the little shout out to them, too, because we won't like read through all of them. But throughout the episode, we'll kind of just like pick some pieces and um, compare them to mine. Um, yeah. But we have Allison. Hey. And we have, and I'm sorry if I butcher your names, which is probably going to happen, but I think it's Shandalee or Shondalee. I don't know, but I'm sorry in advance for fucking up your name. And her husband. So we actually got a guy's, which was really We got a guy, yeah. Because uh-huh. <laughs> um, I had never read, you know, we're, like men aren't allowed to share theirs. Like, unless you're married, I think you can. Um, but, like, dating, like, a woman can share part of her patriarchal blessing with the guy she might be engaged or married mm-hmm. to. But, like, I never. So, like, I shared parts of mine to some guys, but they were never allowed to share it back with me. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, anyways, then we have, so her real name, we won't say, but she said to call her by Lava Ha, which I hope I'm pronouncing correctly. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Melanie, and we what have is- Georgia, which obviously I love that name because I'm from Georgia. Such a, yeah, such a cute name. <laughs> um, and we have, I think, Tana, or T- I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Tana, and Shelly and Brittany. So thank you all for sending in. It's a patriarchal <laughs> party. That does not sound like a fun party. <laughs> no, it was like, oh man, they were intense going through those. Like it was interesting, but it was also a bit like, man. Okay, so for those who didn't grow up Mormon, patriarchal blessings. We've talked about them a little bit. But not in detail. Um, So basically, it's like, I think you can get them at the age of, what, 14 is the earliest I think you can get your patriarchy. Yeah, I think it's somewhere around there. Like, I don't know if there's a specific age that you have to be. But, yeah, it's kind of this thing that it's known. I think it is, though. Is it? Oh, okay. I want to say it's like, oh, man, fuck, I should have researched that. But I think it's like 14. I'm Okay. I'm pretty sure 12 or 14 but I think it's 14 because I remember having to wait and then they suggest I remember my bishop suggesting I get mine around the age of 16. I I remember that that's when a lot of people around me like my peers were getting theirs like 16 and 17. Yeah so I think that's like what they suggest. Um, So anyway so all right you go through a process, of course, to determine if you're worthy. So you have to like meet with your bishop and do an interview. And then you go with the stake president. And then you meet with your patriarch, who is usually like this incredibly old guy, white guy in your mm-hmm. stake, like very, very old. Um, and then you meet with him. So and of course, as a man, so I was like 16, I think, when I went and you meet with him and his wife. And I remember like you go to their house or at least my experience was that I went to their house. It wasn't at church. And um, then they like sit with you for like 30 minutes to an hour before the blessing and just get to know you. And it's in private. So I went and chatted with the patriarch by myself for like, oh, okay. 
30, 40 minutes. Again, I'm not saying this is like a standard. It could be like it depends on every patriarch. But from my experience, like I chatted with him separately. And then like his wife and my mom, my mom was there, were like chatting and in the living room or something like that. Um, so he like asked me like, Oh, do you want to go to college? Like, what do you want to study? What do you want to do? What are, what are important goals to you? And at that time I was very like, Oh, I'm definitely going to university. Like I want a degree. I want a career. I don't really want to get married until I'm like in my late twenties, thirties after I have a career, like not sure about children, like all these things. So he was like, Oh, (laughs) Okay. And if, again, I'm going to read my patriarchal blessing and it's very clear that it's like after our conversation, he just wrote all the things that I was defying about and Mm -hmm. like made them like part of my like future. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so, okay. So for those who don't know much about patriarchal blessings, basically once they give them to you, they like type it up and then they send it to you in the mail. So you have this like written or this type copy of your patriarchal blessing. And the idea is that you carry it with you always and like you read it quite often. And it's supposed to be based on your worthiness and and the gospel and your righteousness. So if you're righteous and follow the commandments and keep, keep the covenants that you made, then everything that your patriarchal blessing says will come true. It's kind of like a fortune teller, right? (laughs) Yes, 100% a fortune teller, but it's very ambiguous. So right. it's like, and, and they say it that way too, because obviously to cover their asses. So it's a bit like, you know, you can't always interpret them literally, like sometimes <laughs> it's figuratively and like, you know, it really depends on how righteous you are. So when things wouldn't work out as perfectly as it says in my patriarchal blessing, I'd be like, fuck, I'm not righteous enough. That's what's right, going on. It's your on. fault. Mm-hmm. So I would blame myself being like, oh, okay. Or y'all, this is next level. It says in mine, I'll read the whole thing just to get an idea. But one part, it's like, you'll marry a young man in the temple. And as I kept getting older and older, I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to be a cougar. Because oh, <laughs> you're marrying a young man. Young yeah. man. I'm going to be such a cougar. And then, like, I ended up dating a guy who was, like, seven years younger than me. So I definitely, I was like, oh, there he is. Oh. That's my patriarchal blessing. <laughs> celestial Jesus came true. <laughs> Um, I have a question. So when you get your blessing, does he just like stand up and put his hands on your head and then someone's writing down what he says? Uh, so he does send, it's like a typical Mormon blessing where his hands are on your head Mm -hmm. and his wife recorded it. Okay. Okay. So, and then is it still just like you in there or can you have people in there witnessing the testimony? Or not a testimony, the uh, blessing. Okay. Yeah, because I had my mom was in there, and obviously his wife was there, like, recording, and it was him. So it was the four of us in this room. Yeah, and it's not like – so normal Mormon, like, priesthood blessings, like, if you're sick or if you're, you know, whatever, and you need to get, like, a priesthood blessing from your husband or your home teacher or your dad or whoever – they're not very long. Like usually it's like 10 minutes, if that. Usually it's like right. five minutes and then that's mm-hmm. it. Um, and again, it's always like I've I've never sat in a page in, in a blessing and thought it was unique to me. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would feel the spirit. I'm doing air quotes. I would feel, feel the spirit thinking that like, oh, that's that must be true. And like what they say is true and blah, blah, blah. But I never thought like 
is God really talking to me? Because like, I feel like I don't feel like this was profound in any way, like nothing that was unique to me or like something that I would know is coming directly from God's mouth, like the most omnipotent person, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, yeah, so you can tell it's a bit, it's a, once you're out, you're like, oh yeah, that's a total sham. Right. Right. Yeah. And especially like, I love how we got people to send in theirs because it is like Sarah said, it's kind of this, they call it sacred, but really it's secret. So everyone sort of keeps theirs close to their chest. They don't really super talk about them. Like Sarah said, sometimes they'll share little snippets of it, but they don't compare and contrast out in general with a bunch of people. And so that way they don't know that all of them are basically the same thing with just different um, substitutions in areas. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, okay. So I'm going to read mine. So story time. I'm sorry if my voice annoys you. Get over it. Um, cause I'm going to be reading. Um, it'll be like a little audio book. You can just, you know, think it's an audio book. Um, okay. So I got my blessing September 26, 2004. So it's been a while. And it was his, It even puts on here, it's so weird, patriarchal blessing number. So apparently it was this guy's 61st one. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. He's been doing it a while. (laughs) He's been doing it a real long time. Okay. So, Sister Sarah Samantha Little. Oh, shit. I just told you my whole name. No, whatever. (laughs) Um, By the authority of the Melchizedek priesthood, which I hold as the stake patriarch, I lay my hands upon your head at your request And I give unto you your patriarchal blessing and tell you of your lineage as it concerns the house of Israel. Sister Little, you are of the tribe of Ephraim, which he spells wrong in this, um, the son of Joseph, who was sold into bondage by his brothers. Now, when question, what question that whole tribe of Ephraim thing. So that's a whole other podcast we could do about how weird that is. Yeah. But I noticed when people sent in their. Um, their blessings to us if they I'm assuming a lot of these people are white I guess I don't know what they look like but I feel like almost all of them said Ephraim or I could be wrong but 100% I put that in my notes because okay okay. I'm sorry I didn't mean to I didn't mean to interrupt but I was like so does that just mean you're white or what (laughs) basically like and that's the thing that's really obnoxious is that like I've never met someone who didn't have Ephraim as their tribe and I'm like what what the fuck does this even mean like yeah <laughs> but to be honest, I never even understood any of this like House of Israel shit anyways tribe. I was just like, I don't know. Um, but I remember thinking like everyone has Ephraim. Like that's weird. Um Okay, yeah. So he goes now when Jacob placed his hands upon Ephraim's head, he not only set him apart as a tribe, but he gave unto him, unto Ephraim the blessing of the firstborn. This is the continuous blessing that consists of the covenant that the Lord made with Abraham. In this covenant, he was told that he would be the father of nations and that his seed would be as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sands upon the seashore. And they would be scattered to the four corners of the earth. And one day they would be gathered. And the greatest portion of this gathering will be through the tribe of Ephraim. Okay. This blessing that Ephraim received from the hands of Jacob will be had Wait, will he had, see, that's like a grammatical thing that he fucked up. It's supposed to be will be had in part of your life, but it says will he had in part in your life. 
doesn't make any sense. Um, for as you go through your life, because of the sincere and beautiful spirit that you have within you and the sincerity of your words and the work that you will do in the temple of the Lord, there will be many of Abraham's seed that will be gathered due to your works. Um, if that's the case, I apologize to anyone who I brought into the gospel of the Jesus <laughs> Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. My bad. <laughs> um, my words are just so sincere, and I can't help myself. So sincere. Such a missionary. <laughs> I know I am. Okay. And then it goes, Now, Sister Little, I would have you to know that you are a very special daughter of our Heavenly Father, in the pre-existence, when you were in his presence, you were obedient and you learned kindness and you learned to have a capacity for great love from him. Which I know I used to always think like, oh, my God, I'm going to have like the most epic love story because I have like a capacity for great love. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. <laughs> um, okay. You were valiant and you chose his plan. Because of this, you were allowed to come to this earth and receive a body of flesh and bone so that you could be tried and tested and become like him. Now he reserved you and held you back into a special time to come to this earth, a time that would be like no other in the history of mankind, a time when the fullness of evil would be upon the earth, but also the fullness of the gospel would be here to strengthen you. You were chosen to come to earth and to receive your physical body through a very special couple who have loved you and who have given you the best of care that they could possibly give you. They have brought you up in the church, which is not true because my dad did not, um, a mother that has cared for you and loved you and saw that you learned the gospel and you have had this foundation from the beginning, which is also not true because we didn't start going to church until I was like seven, I think. A foundation that is vital for your progression throughout your life. I like how he mentioned your mom because your mom was in the room. Exactly. Like he didn't even know anything about my dad because I'm a very... Okay, so I, I kind of lied earlier when I said I'm a very open book. I talk about anything I do except for family, really. Like, and I, I know for a fact I did not talk to this old guy about my family. Because mm-hmm. if he would have asked me, I would have been like, I'm um, just not talking about it. Mm-hmm. But, like, it doesn't even mention my dad or the fact that he's not a member or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's right. just my mom because my mom was right. there. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. Now you have a beautiful body of flesh and bone. It is sufficient unto your need. <laughs> Which I always thought that was so bizarre and was like, oh, that's like so lame to be like, my body is just sufficient. It'll it's do. It's sufficient. It'll, yeah. <laughs> it really yeah, is. Like, it'll had, do. Like, fucking crazy self-esteem issues about my body at that time and especially later and I was always like oh even even God thinks it's just sufficient unto my needs it's not even like special I think whatever how he keeps using like the flesh and bone I know that that's popular in Mormon scripture and stuff to say now you have a body of flesh and bone it's like what else would my body be made out of potatoes like I know, it's, it's such funny, a funny Mormon thing. phrase, you know, yeah. <laughs> oh, such a weird thing. Um, yeah, okay, so I guess, I say unto you, throughout your life, it is important that you remain close to your parents as long as you have them, that you would show them the love that they need to feel coming from your special spirit, 
But the day will come as you progress and as you continue your education and learning out of the best of books that you will be on your own and there will be many decisions that you will have to make as well as many trials you will go through. But always remember that you will never be tried beyond your ability to cope and to handle for you have been given the gift of the Holy Ghost by one having the proper authority. And as you call upon the Lord in a simple, quiet ways, you will fill his spirit and it will not lead you astray. Follow these promptings and you will be able to pass through the evilness around you unspotted. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Evilness around you. Is that me? <laughs> yeah. That is, is me. you, Katie. <laughs> I like leave my parents and then I go to study and continue my education. And then there's like and all this fucking evilness around me. And the that's where you met me. And it's Guys. like, I gotta pray. And the Holy Ghost was like, nah. Get out. Maybe there's maybe there's something to this patriarchal blessing, you know, because I was that evilness that surrounded you when you were at BYU, and you didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. <laughs> I, I wasn't righteous enough. I didn't listen to the prompting. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. And then it says, now through your life in the church, you will be called to many areas of responsibility. And even at a young age, you will be called to teach. You will be a very inspiring teacher to the young. Fun fact, I did get called to teach, uh, I think it was like 20, and I was called as a young women's counselor uh, when I was in <laughs> Georgia. So I was like teaching these 20, like I was barely 20, teaching these like 17, 18 Oh, funny. Like, Dude, I don't know shit about what's going on. I'd be like, I don't know. <laughs> like I would like take them to Sonic and get like a Slurpee and be like, I don't know what to tell you guys about life because I don't know what I'm doing. Like I don't even know. <laughs> that's amazing the worst example to these oh my gosh but you know it's it's funny because when I've noticed and I guess so we only have one like dude's patriarchal blessing but in almost all of the other the women's patriarchal blessings we got they said something about being a teacher and usually a teacher to children or to other women which is like a self-fulfilling prophecy like right like all women oh, yeah. do in the church is teach children or other women oh my so. god it's like you're in my brain and that's the first point i have on my little bullet uh, point guys i'll make notes again because oh yes okay i'll stop interrupting so you because i'll i know you want to <laughs> you have i little notes and i just keep interrupting and no 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 it's a good point but that's what i that's what i said i put like callings all the women are like in all of the ones that we received something about teaching either children or women in the church like always funny funny. yeah um okay then it says sister little continue your education learning out of the best of books but always remember that the greatest honor that can be bestowed upon a woman is to bear children I bless you that if you are faithful and true to the covenants that you have already made in baptism and as you live the commandments and if you seek after these things, there will come a day that you will meet a member of the church, a young man that has been prepared for you, and you and he will be able to go to the house of the Lord and that you will be able to receive your own blessings and enter into the new and everlasting covenant of marriage and thereby your children will be born under the covenant. Yeah. So yep. and that's all directly because I was like, no, nah, I'm going to go to university and I'm going to get a career and then maybe I'll get married and then maybe I'll have kids. But I don't know. I don't want to do it right now. Like, that's not my priority. So, yeah, he could tell that he could tell you were going to go to a university no matter what he said. So, of course, he's going to put it in there. 
Exactly. Yeah. And for me to like make sure I knew that the greatest gift was to bestow mm. children. Like, also, just another side note about this. Like, I mean, again, I noticed that in every single, every single one, mm-hmm. every single one was that like it was, you know, to bear children. And then I think how fucked up that is because think about all the women who aren't able to have children in these marriages and who have these patriarchal blessings saying, oh, you, the greatest gift you have is to bestow children. And if they're not able to, it's like they're assuming they're not righteous enough. I know. That it's is really, really messed up. Somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. unfortunately, I've known women like that. And it breaks my heart because I'm just like, it has nothing to do with you. Like, it's not your fault in any way. Like, right. ugh, stupid. And I know okay. you'll probably get to it, but I wanted to say to all of the the ones and even people who responded to us on Instagram DM, they said that there's every single woman said they would marry a man and have children. And we got a lot of responses from queer women who yeah. were like, well, I kind of knew I didn't think I was ever going to marry a guy or I knew they had a feeling that maybe they weren't going to marry a guy. And now they're with a woman and, you know, awesome, happy for them. But it's just amazing. Yeah. If you're still Mormon and you don't have uh, feelings, romantic feelings or anything towards the opposite sex, and then your patriarchal blessing says that that's what's going to happen. If you're righteous and faithful, then you're going to think that you're Uh, very unrighteous and just a piece of trash because you Mm -hmm. have feelings for someone you know of the same or whatever sex that was differing from what the patriarchal blessing said (laughs) yeah exactly and that's gotta be even more conflicting and hard and just like I can't even imagine you know Mm -hmm. um I I know these people okay and by these people, I mean the church, like the Mormons, not yeah. <laughs> the people receiving the blessings. Yeah. Um, okay, so it goes, now I say unto you, it is so ironic, which I always giggled when I read this line. It is so ironic as you go through your life and you dedicate it to serve others that you will only be in the service of your God. I and bless isn't you it with- ironic? <laughs> I know, I would always think that. Like, <laughs> isn't that ironic? And then also I think like, do I serve others very often? I'm a pretty selfish person. I don't really see myself serving. So I was like, oh, now I got to do like more service projects and like learn how to cook a meal to serve to my bishop. And like, <laughs> I got to do more service. Because that's the oh. thing that Mormons teach you. Like, you, you kind of learn to hate service or I did because I was like forced to do it. Whereas now I'm like, oh, I would actually like to help people and it, because it's not forced. Like, it's not this weird, like, competition that who's going to stay after church to put up the chairs and who's going to, like, make right. sure they go deliver the sacraments to people who couldn't get it. You know, it's like this weird competition about service. Um, yeah, but not always, so you know, some yeah. Mormons are, like, genuine about it. But that was the vibe I got growing up was, it was like, mm-hmm. this weird see who can be the best at serving because I had friends who would do that growing up they'd be like oh you're gonna do that well we're gonna stay and clean the church for three hours and I'd be like okay have fun bye like competitive righteousness (laughs) yeah it was like the weirdest thing oh okay anyways I bless you with joy in your heart a peace and joy that circumstances around your life though they be troublesome will not be able to take away from you. For happiness that is known by the rich or the famous is not true happiness. <laughs> but peace and joy that comes with your within your heart from the Savior and being obedient to him is true happiness, and it will not be daunted by the circumstances around you. 
Mm-hmm. Is that trying to tell you that you'll never be rich? Yeah, I was like, asshole. I guess yeah, I'm going to be rich or famous. God, why am I even doing this podcast? Now, you, I mean, now you are because you're going against the, you know, the righteous way. And so now you will prosper. <laughs> Everybody knows us. Even Sunday Jess knows us or whatever her name is. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I go into this obnoxious American accent because I hang out with Brits all the time now. And that's when they try to do an American accent. So it's like, oh, do you want some ranch? I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't sound like that at all. And Americans, for the most part, we don't sound like that. So I've got oh, this bad habit of, like mimicking them when they do it to me. So sorry, guys. <laughs> sorry. No, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, Sister Little, I bless you that as you go through your life, you will have the ability of discernment that those popular ones that may be acquaintances of friends of yours, that you will be able to see through them. And what and when they seek to lead you astray, then you will have the ability to turn from them and be not deceived. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's just funny. <laughs> it's so absolutely ridiculous. But I have a story about this. So. My first semester at BYU. So I went there being like, I'm defiant and whatever. I'm just going to go, but I'm going to do what I want. And then you like quickly, like just dissolve into the crazy Mormonness that's happening around you. And you just like become instantly like BYU grossness. So I was like, <laughs> after my four months of even living there, I was supposed to go home for Christmas and my friends from high school were throwing like a party, um, like a huge party. And it was like to celebrate like me coming home, but then also our friends who didn't go to like university around where I grew up, but like different parts of Georgia, we're all going to come down for Christmas and we're going to have this like party. And obviously drinking was going to be there. And I, because of this patriarchal blessing, I was like, oh, my God, this is what God's talking about. Like these popular ones from my high school, like they're friends of mine and they're throwing me this party. But it's like them trying to seek me, like seek to lead me astray. So I need to be strong and I'm not going to go. So I like can't like I was like, I'm not going to go like because it's going to have drinking there. And like if you really respected me as a friend, you wouldn't have like alcohol there. And like I was the biggest turd. Like it didn't even make sense what I did. And like, I mean, to be fair, there were other elements of it, too, like kind of like different drama that was happening in the group. So it wasn't the sole reason that I told my other friends that I wasn't going. But deep down, this was the reason I didn't go. Oh, man. <laughs> and it, like, ruined some friendships, too. Like, to this Aww. day, they were, like, still mad at me about it, Or, like, they still won't talk to me as much, you know, because of that incident, like, 12 years oh. ago, which is also on them. But it's, like, I remember being, like, oh. And I, I always would go through my life as a Mormon until I left being, like, who are these popular ones? Oh, my God. This person's seeking to lead me astray. Oh, my God. Like, this person is, like, <sighs> not my true friend because they're – they're seeking to leave, lead me astray, which is also why I have this horrible habit of just like deleting and blocking people because that was like, no, they're going to lead me astray. I got to yeah. block them. I got to delete them. I got to, I got to get rid of oh, them. Like that damn patriarchal blessing. Ah, oh. uh. it made me like have such a immature and unhealthy 
relationship with friends, I feel like, in, in some aspects, because I was constantly judging them a bit, like thinking like, are they uplifting? Are they helping me be a better person? Are they just trying to lead me astray? And if so, oh, I gotta like think about this friendship or like maybe I need to be extreme and just like break it up or like end it. And it was like, it was really unhealthy. And I think even after I left the church, I still struggled with having that mentality of like, Mm -hmm. no, you need to be an adult now and like have healthy conversations and dialogues about what's going on and talk through it and not just assume like oh nope nope no nope they did this and this and this and like I think they're this is a test of my discernment I gotta make sure that they're like righteous and uplifting and oh yeah that sucks it's like that's such a good example of how these blessings can totally derail and change a person's entire life Like, it affects your relationships, and your whole life is based on this little piece of paper that some old guy said, you know, and it's it's just blows my mind how many people, how many Mormons, they live their life in accordance to this piece of paper. Yeah, like, completely. Like, guys, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Like, anytime I had questions or doubts about my life or what path I should take or what I should do, I would read this like to the point where I almost had it memorized because I just wow. knew it so well. Um, and I would be like, Oh, I don't think so. Even before I moved to Germany, I read this several times, got blessings from priesthood holders to tell me if I was making the right decision because I was so paranoid that by going to Germany and like continuing, you know, continuing my education, I'm, <laughs> my patriarchal blessing reading out of the best of books (laughs) learning out of the best of books that I would be choosing a career or like something you know education over the greatest gift of all bestowing children and so I was like oh maybe you know maybe I'm not doing the right thing like this isn't the right decision and I don't know but yeah it was just like it, it dictated my life like a lot of the decisions I mean all of the decisions I made basically in my life were dependent on something in the gospel or my patriarchal blessing. That's honestly terrifying. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. That sucks. Yeah, it's, it's intense. And then like, I mean, yeah. Okay. Let me just finish this and we can jump into comparing because I have one paragraph left. Okay. Um, I seal you up that you will come forth on the morning of the first resurrection that your body and your soul will once again be reunited. You will be clothed in the gar- garments of the priesthood and you will be wearing pure white and you will see your savior and you will be embraced by him and around about you, you'll be surrounded by four family, the ones that are close to you and even your extended family, ones that have you have never known, ones that he have done work in the temple for and you will be reunited with them. I seal these blessings upon you based on your obedience to living the laws and commandments and serving our heavenly father in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Which, that last paragraph (laughs) fucked with my head for several years, like 12 years that I had it. Because as you guys know, and I've mentioned, most of my family are not Mormon. So it was just my mom and one of my five brothers who was. So I had this immense pressure on my shoulders to constantly make sure that my family came to the church that my oh, dad yeah, you wanted to baptized. convert them so that you could be mm-hmm. with them in the next life and exactly. I, no- I noticed how it said in there that 
um, you'd be reunited with family that you did work for in the temple. So that's another way of making you feel immense pressure to make sure that you've like done temple work for everyone in your family that was never Mormon. Or if you didn't, they might not be with you in the next life. Exactly. Which is when I lived in Provo, an Orem area, I felt so much pressure to get work done for my grandparents and my aunts and uncles and blah, blah, blah. But because my dad wasn't a member or most of my brothers, they weren't either the ones who were, weren't like temple worthy per se, you know, like they didn't go through the temple. I had to depend on strangers like these, like our guy friends to do the work um, for male figure, like family members. And then also for my, the women in my family had to do it. And it was just like, uh, it was so much pressure. And I was constantly feeling like stress, like, oh, like everyone looks up to me. I have to be a good example all the time. I have to like try, like if, you know, my family doesn't come back, it's on me. Like if they don't join the church or like become active again, like it's all my fault that my family mm. won't be still together. Oh my so gosh. It was just like constant pressure. That is intense, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. And I noticed that, too, in the other blessings we got sent in, like, the one of the common things I noticed was temple work. So a mm-hmm. lot of Oh, I saw that in all of them, yeah. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. on temple work, on, um, so I'll just kind of go through things that I noticed, and let me know if you notice the same things or if you have different ones, too. Okay, yeah. But I noticed, like, so temple work was always on there, serving the Lord, like, mm-hmm. which was, again, this whole idea of being obedient and serving like it was all like I mean you heard my blessing it was mentioned several times and in their right. blessings I saw it too yeah then the whole like yeah greatest calling is to be wife and mother yep. um, missionary work which is always Mission- in there too so again this yep. like pressure of being a missionary um mm-hmm. gift of the holy ghost which is like another default that I think they use of like if you're questioning anything in the church or you're just questioning life in general then you should read the scriptures more and follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost. And if you don't receive those, and that means you're not listening or you're not righteous enough, like basically. So yeah. <laughs> um, having that in there. And then this is the one that I noticed that was like kind of like the mad, mad lib. Is it lib or gib? I don't remember. Lib. Mad lib. lib. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, that it's like clearly just like the structure because all of them in mind says that I, that we were born at a special time. Like, yeah, yeah, and that you were like that. chosen and saved for this special generation. It, that was in almost all of them, I think, right? Yeah, and we yeah. like just no, not one of them. I don't think had the same birthday as me, because no. I went to like some of the 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 followers who sent in their patriarchal blessing. I was like curious. I was like, oh, I wonder if any of them are my age. And it's all like different times, so like clearly, blah blah blah. <laughs> and then yeah, obedience to parents. And then the emphasis on studying the scriptures. So yep. this like indoctrination, like don't don't research, don't read other things, but like make sure you continuously read the scriptures and study yeah. always. Yeah, I noticed that in all of them too. And yeah, like you said about the parents, like honor and obey your parents. And I noticed that was in pretty much all of them. And someone even commented that on Instagram and told us that hers said that. But her dad was, like, in jail and I think had some kind of problem with – I don't remember exactly what it was like, but I think it was something like pedophilia. And she was just like, yeah, just crazy how 
um, that you're told to honor your parents and that, you know, your father loves you. And in fact, he's done all like, that's not true at all. <laughs> oh, actually, there were two, two of our listeners said that unless I'm getting oh, yeah. confused, but there no, was another I, one I too who, right. said, who said the same thing that like, it was like, honor your parents and blah, blah, like talking about the parents. And like, she had said that during that time that she got the patriarchal blessing, she actually had like a restraining order against him. Oh, right. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So it was like two of the ones that sent it's in. Like, um, yeah, I don't think God's talking through this guy because that doesn't <laughs> make any sense. Yeah. <laughs> also, I want to say like, um, shout out to Shondalee, Shandalee. Sorry if I'm not pronouncing your name. But I, I put beside her name, went, like, award for creepiest patriarchal blessing. Because, like, <laughs> the very beginning of it, it's just, like, so creepy. Like, this guy is, like, they, like, recorded basically this conversation he's having with her. And, like, it's just really creepy. I like, really weird vibes, in my opinion. Yeah, like, yeah. I know you told me this and this and this, and I just want you to know, like, it was really bizarre and just, like, creepy. I was, like, ugh. yeah. Yeah. Um, I noticed in a lot of them too, like they'll say something kind of about your body or your health, you know, like they, he didn't say that much about yours except for that it was sufficient. sufficient. <laughs> <laughs> but in a bunch of the others, they'll say things like, you know, I bless you to be able to um, overcome disease. And one listener said that she had like made a few chronic diseases by the time she was 20. So that, you know, like, what are you made to think that you weren't righteous enough for that to be fulfilled or what? Mm -hmm. Like, um, and a lot of them said things about that. And I noticed the word tithing quite a bit. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I saw in, in one that she, the listener, it said, um, she will live long enough to see her children grow up to be righteous adults. But it didn't say, like, you'll live a full long life. It said long enough. So that put this terror in her of, oh. like, well, okay, so once my last child that turns 18, do I just die? Like, I'm no longer safe. And she said she was also really depressed about it because her husband's patriarchal blessing said that he would live a very, very long life. So it was oh like God. she would just live long enough <laughs> and he would live very long. Yeah. Yeah. It's not how, I mean, I totally get what she's saying because even in mine when it says like uh, remain close to your parents as long as you may have them. And I was like always thinking like, oh, my God, my parent, one of my parents is going to die like at a very young age, like probably this year. Like I was in constant fear of that. Ugh. Oh, that's horrible. Yeah. Ugh. Or thinking that like you know, oh my God, I didn't call them this week. Like, oh, that I didn't remain close enough to them. Like they're going to die, you know, like stuff like that. And it was so ridiculous. Like, yeah, because the wording is so ambiguous on purpose because they're covering their, covering their own asses, but then it makes the the receivers like super paranoid about everything and thinking like, oh, maybe I need to interpret this way or maybe it needs to be this way. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I've even heard it said, like, you know how they'll say, so if these things don't come true, you weren't righteousness enough, like you weren't faithful enough. Um, and I've also heard it said, if these things aren't happening, maybe they'll happen in the next life. <laughs> like It's a way to justify how it's just a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> exactly, which is always the case with like, even the whole like, if you don't, because that was mine too, like, you know, if you don't, 
get married, like it says in your patriarchal blessing, you'll marry a young man, but maybe that means in the afterlife. And I was like, what? Yeah, right? I just can never have sex, and I'm just going to, like, die a virgin and then marry a young guy in the afterlife who already has, like, 2,000 wives, too? Yeah, no. I even, I've heard of ones in generations before us where the patriarchal blessing would say that that person was going to live long enough to see the second coming of Christ, like that it would happen within their (laughs) lifetime. And then they die and, you know, it hasn't happened. And um, people like that, the family of that person see the patriarchal blessing and are like, oh, look how wonderful it is. And they just skip over the part that says, yeah, you'll be on earth during the second coming because obviously it didn't happen. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Guys, you know, when, these blessings. Ugh. When you were reading it, it's I was imagining being someone who's never been Mormon or religious and listening to that <laughs> and how weird and creepy they are you know like it seems like something that you would see on like a tv show or a movie because it's just so bizarre that everyone believes that these things are divinely inspired and just for them and you know so personal and it's so clear that they're not but oh when you're in it it does you can't see it it's it's just wow it's 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 like okay so, sorry, we're kind of, like, running over. I know this is, like, a longer episode, but That's okay. I have so many thoughts and feelings. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, like, so bizarre that things that we do as ex-Mormons, and sorry for not to exclude those who are listening who haven't been Mormon, but there's just, like, certain things that you do that you don't realize is because you grew up Mormon and now that you've left, like, and then it takes someone who didn't grow up Mormon to be like, uh, this is just one of your, like, Mormon things again. And I'm like, wait, what? Because my boyfriend, <laughs> he does that quite often. Like, even on Saturday, I was saying something really dope. I don't even remember what it was. Something about maybe a type of alcohol or I don't remember. And he was like, oh, it's one of those Mormon things again. And I was like, oh, really? <laughs> Oh, I was yeah. like, oh, no, or like, oh, because I wanted to show up at the party, like, right, I was like, they said to be there at like 839, and he was like, oh, this is another Mormon thing, like, you don't <laughs> actually have to show up on time when you go to, like, parties like this, like, it's not like you have to be there at 830 or right at 9, <laughs> you just kind of show up, and people are drinking, it's fine, I was like, oh, Okay. Yeah, it's not like in a church activity where if you're not there at seven, they've started the prayer and the opening <laughs> announcements without you. And then you have to make a scene walking in and sit in the back row. Exactly. <laughs> and it was funny because what he said at the time, I was like, it's not a Mormon thing. It's not that. And later I was like, oh, no, it is. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it is. You're right. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, there's so many of those things, too, that they've just kind of become they become sort of your personality until you step back and you realize oh this oh. isn't how everyone does this yeah Which, guys this has nothing to do with this episode but I just think it's such a funny I think I'm just really funny um no I clearly I drank like way too much at this party I had like well that could be like kind of a Mormon thing I'm not really like First of all, I'm getting older, so I can't really, like, keep up with drinking as much, and I feel like I get drunk a lot easier than when I first started drinking two years ago, three years ago. Um, But, like, I had, like, a bottle of wine and maybe some more, and I was just (laughs) 
so drunk. Like, <laughs> the drunkest I think I've ever been in a really long time. To the point where we took an Uber home or a cab home. And <laughs> my boy was saying I just kept, like, pat, like my head would go to the back of the seat. And then he was like, God, I was trying to keep you from your neck breaking the whole time. Because you were just, like, your neck was, like, <laughs> fucking all over, like a little rag doll. Just, like, kept going forward to the side, like, everywhere. <laughs> I don't remember any of this. Then we get home, and apparently, like, <laughs> I was struggling to take off, like, my jeans and my clothes. So he said that. I was just, like, on the bed with, like, my jeans to, like, my ankles and then just, like, my shirt halfway up and just, like, passed out on the bed. Oh. The next morning I was like, how did I get into these clothes? He was like, oh, yeah, it was a struggle. He's like, but you managed to at least brush your teeth, which I was like, oh, she could do that, but not, like, change into her clothes? I was like, listen priorities I'm still OCD even when I'm drunk that I gotta brush my teeth so oh oh my gosh that's a maze (laughs) I just I can't even like that image of me and I know my stomach within my gut was just like all out like (laughs) belly all out jeans to my ankles and my shirt halfway up to my bra and then I just gave up I gave up on life you're like oh I got some of it off I'm good I'm good (laughs) (laughs) guys I mean, I'm a winner. He's a, he's he's real lucky to have that. With you. Okay. Hey, okay. he is. He is. <laughs> oh, and on that note, I'm out. I have nothing else to say. I have no <sighs> words. Well, thank you for reading your whole patriarchal blessing for us. And thank you listeners for sending yours in. And I just got to say, like, so I never got mine because I was like, oh, I'm not going into the creepy bishop's office again. But I am just I don't know. I'm I feel like I just yeah, it sucks for the people who like you, Sarah, they based their whole life and all their decisions on these dumb blessings. Um, But hopefully it's I think it's all worked out for everyone and especially the people who sent them to us they're happier now and they don't feel like weird or superstitious about things anymore and so that's a win that's a good that thing. is a win and yeah you don't have to listen to them anymore you don't have to read them anymore you don't have to believe them um but we guys do have to do is you have to go subscribe to our podcast and like it and leave us what a, a good segue ah, i know professional right? podcaster <laughs> Because I am, like, rich and famous now. So, yeah, yeah, Um, subscribe to us, share us, and please check out our Patreon if you can. Yeah, and just, like, another little shout-out, because we're on on the shout-out, like, vibe today. Mm -hmm. But just reading, we have a few ratings, um, but then also these lovely reviews from people like Brittany this this listener called Joseph's Fifth Wife, which is funny. <laughs> um, Utah Film Nerd, S underscore Draper, a Small One, and Knee Hair. <laughs> Makes me giggle. And all of them are such lovely reviews. Oh, so thank you guys. They're so thank nice. Thank you so much. Yeah, um, it really means so much to us. Yeah. You guys are the best. And, uh, yeah, and on that note, that's all I got. But we love you. And, yeah. Yeah, see you next week. Bye. Bye.